testing the levels and i think we are live are you ready to do this mr scott let's get it on all right welcome to throne wrenches podcast this is eric stahl and i'm daryl scott and this is the automotive podcast that can wrangle a new bronco without a blazer the blazer doesn't even come into the equation, my friend. I don't know why. You seem like... Oh, it, I, it, I know why, because they screwed it up. They did screw it up, but you would think that there would be some late 11th hour meeting at GM and be like, hey, Ford's doing this Bronco thing. You want to do something with the blazer? No? No? Okay. Okay. No, it went to a board. It went to a focus group. And mm-hmm. maybe that guy who uh, like throws all the blankets off the cars. Yeah. Is that, was, that, was that a GM commercial? I don't know. It's like, what, a concept car? Remember? No, remember the commercials like, you wouldn't believe that this is a General Motors or something. They're like, pull the curtains. Not a Honda, not a Toyota. It's a General Motors. Oh. You remember those commercials? No. Oh, all right. We're, we're going to go on YouTube bad, later and find right. it. Yeah, we're on a bad foot here. Anyway, uh, we don't start any show without talking about our sponsors because the sponsors make it all happen. The first sponsor I want to talk about, Daryl, have you ever heard of Fort's Toyota Pekin? I've heard a thing or two. Yeah. Fort's Toyota Pekin's a new car. Dealership in North Pekin, Illinois. You can find them at 120 Radio City Drive in North Pekin. They like to say it's 15 minutes from anywhere. They sell new and used Toyotas. They sell certified. They got AutoSmart next door, which helps those folks with troubled credit. They also have a pretty good service department. I actually just had a meeting because, full disclosure, I work at Ford's Toyota. Our loyalty engagement with our customers is five points higher than the average, which is amazing for for the nation. So. Love hearing that. That means customers are happy and they're coming back. We take care of them. So remember, when you're shopping or servicing for your Toyota, go to toyota-beacon.com. You can find them on the web there or on Instagram or Twitter, at Toyota. I'm sorry, at Fort's Toyota. And I think that's every contact, right? 309-382-4000. There you go, the old school school phone. Uh, Definitely appreciate Ford's support. Also like to say thank you to our other sponsors. That includes the Casey Law Office. Casey Law Office, a proud sponsor of the Throwing Wrenches podcast since day one, specializing in consumer law, automotive purchase and repair, and a whole bunch of other stuff. You can visit them, clomorton.com, on the World Wide Web. You can also learn more about how they can help get you the results that you deserve. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna both do this. I just pulled, a, Dar- I just pulled a Daryl Scott. Yeah, I already I started early, so. Um, and we'd also like to say a thank you to Arena Esports, the place in Central Illinois for gamers, located in beautiful downtown Morton. Arena Esports has a little something for everyone: PC gaming, virtual reality, PlayStation Five, Xbox Series uh, F, X, Five, Ten. What is X? Uh, What's my Roman uh, numerals? Uh, yeah, yeah, that thing. Yeah, the, the thing. The, the thing you push the button, you smash them down, and go up and down and left and right, and then you, <laughs> you use your thumbs and. <laughs> we do have opposable thumbs, so. Yeah. Uh, Learn more at 309arena.com. Check out Arena Esports there, or they're also on Instagram. Follow them there. They're really cool stuff and a wonderful studio space that we're using tonight. And only steps away from Dairy Queen, Daryl. Yeah, they have the pumpkin pie blizzard year-round if we, if here. We, if we end the show soon enough, we can get a blizzard. Yes. I love it. Anyway, yeah, we are doing the show tonight from the Arena. <laughs> oh, man. Arena the Arena Esports Auditorium? Studio? Yeah, we'll call it a studio. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, fortunately, they've they've allowed us to use their internet to record the show. We did a live Facebook feed earlier, and we're experimenting with some more live features in the future. So uh, tune in and uh, watch for that. It should be a lot of fun. All right. And also, of course, our Patreon supporters. We really really appreciate everybody who's uh, signed up and supported us through that method. Uh, you probably all have your swag that we sent out, and I, everybody. I, I don't know if the uh, 
across the pond. I oh. think, I think, uh, I'm not sure when I shipped it, if it left Illinois, went to New York, down to Zimbabwe, <laughs> over to Bangladesh. Across the corn of Africa. Or did it maybe went through Hawaii down to New Zealand? You know, I don't know where, I don't know where it's, it's, it's at. It's taking a David Attenborough yeah. wildlife trail. Yes. <laughs> Down might down be under. caught in the very reef. I don't know where it's at. I haven't gotten confirmation that we made it down there yet. Hopefully, hopefully it's down there. And we had some awesome swag. We, I mean, we had first. If you don't, if you don't have the Daryl Scott coasters, mm. your kitchen and your bar are not complete. It matches every decor because it has a Chevy Astro van in the background, <laughs> and then my noggin foreground, possibly giant yeah. noggin. Am I wearing a hat in that too? <laughs> You always wear a hat and everything. I, I think I did. I didn't wear one tonight, but I should. <laughs> uh, thank you for putting that out there, and thanks to the Patreon supporters for for making that possible. No, it's a and, lot of fun. The Patreon show tonight was, uh, well, shoot, man, we were all over the place. I talked a little bit about seeing the Bourdain movie this weekend. We talked a little bit about Rivian. Uh, we talked about Legos and Matchbox cars, and uh, mm-hmm. and then you uh, went to the spice store. <laughs> and just the parking was not happy, a happy place for you. Just for clarity, uh, it, the spice store sounds a little risque, but it was actually a store that sells spices, just for the record. It's a, it's, it, it is a spice store. Spice or... It was not posh or baby spice or I don't even know the other spiced girl. Scary, scary was. Scary, yeah. I, I thought it was scary. So who was the redhead? I don't know. Anyways. Frisky. It was not, it was, uh, it was an excursion. So we talked a little bit about that, about reserve parking and also giant trucks. Yes, giant trucks. Giant trucks. Yeah, people upset. Dara. And that was pretty much where we ended the show because you almost had an aneurysm. So we said, all right, we're done. Did. I all right. Did. So tune in for that. It's just an easy uh, sign up on patreon.com. Mm-hmm. All right. If you don't know, folks, we're bringing this one back. If you don't know Daryl Scott, let me tell you something about Daryl Scott. Some people have eagle eyes. They can spot a runaway sea clip from across a crowded shop floor. Then there are guys like Daryl Scott. If his eyes are not as sharp as his witty repartee and he can't find in his garage, well, he'll use his vast knowledge of hardened metals and die cuts to recreate a part from 1955. He can rebuild it. He can improve it. And if that fails, well, he has a checkbook that will allow him to find a clip hanging in a shop wall since the 1960s, and they'll ship that sucker to the Midwest. Second to air, thank you. Yep, yep. UPS for the win there. Thank you. That was that was clever. I haven't had one in a long time, so it was kind no, of fun. We kind of booted these for a little bit, so we're rebooting them here. Uh, for those of you who don't know my co-host, uh, during the week, my co-host surfs the web to curate the best, only the best, mm. automotive content around. On the weekends, he can be found cleaning brush, clearing brush, chopping down trees, and maintaining all the turf on his ranch. So he's the real life surf and oh. turf special. Oh, he's Mister Eric Stahl. I like what you did there. Mm, that's cheesy. Nice. Yeah. I was trying to work a Sizzler reference in there, but I don't know if our audience would pick up on that. <laughs> Is Sizzler a thing anymore? We even go to Sizzler. Remember that from White Man Can't <laughs> yes, Jump? Yes. <laughs> what about Sizzler? Sizzler was the bomb, man. It was the bomb. Remember, I, th- I probably ate like probably twenty pounds of shrimp at Sizzler that in my time. Ponderosa, man. Those were the bomb, mm. yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, also, be sure to share this in all the local social medias. Um, local is there a local social media <laughs> facebook linkedin share Twitter. Some of the bulletin board in your local coffee shop yeah yeah right pin it pin it up there <laughs> pin it right up to the next to the five other uh, realtors that have their cards up there that would be awesome i think i'm going to do that i'm going to put maybe one of our keychains on there maybe we'll gain a listener from a keychain <laughs> also patreon subscribers only get that it's an ex- exclusive uh no share it on linkedin twitter instagram you you name it i share it if you want to share one of our uh our posts, we appreciate it. That's how we get the word out. Also, there's a thousand gearheads in the Peoria area, and we got a couple that are lined up to come on the show. 
We just got to make it happen. So if you know somebody else who wants to be on the show, who's interested in sharing some fun car stories or does something unique with the automotive business or restoration, please hook them up with the show and we'll try and get them on. Right on, right on. So what's new and exciting in your world, Eric? I know we we did a show a couple of weeks ago, but it feels like longer for some reason, doesn't it? Yeah, I... And so that's, we're, we're in this like weird zone right now where like we're doing so much and I can't keep track of what I talked about on the show. (laughs) Or what we just chatted about in uh, (laughs) Facebook Messenger. Daryl and I just need to record every conversation we have. We do. Um, so I, I bought coilovers for the Supra and cause the Supra rolls like crazy. There was supposed to be a, um, uh, a rally in July with the Champaign County Sports Car Club, but I never got my super hooked up, so mm. I didn't even I didn't even panic on that. Uh, the The shop has been super busy, which I'm I'm so thankful for because now they're talking about more mass mandates and God knows how the fall is going to go. So right. you know what, we're going to make every dollar we can right now, and if it means my personal stuff gets put on the back burner, that's where it's going to go. Now you're going to say, Hey Eric, why don't you work on those coilovers yourself? Well, you know what, when you work in a shop and you have access to lifts. It's a lot easier than sitting there on the garage floor taking struts off your car. So I'm going to try and fit that in the shop when I can. It is, although you do have an awesome uh, building you could turn into, like, I, the I, best shop in the world. I could, I could, but, but I don't because I'm lazy. Well, you got a shop you can take it to. That's what's nice. That, and that's, that's what it boils down to. So why, why bother putting a lift in at home if you've got, like, four of them at work? Or probably How many lifts do you have in the shop? Uh, the shop is, um, oh man. Cause there's like an addition on so it. So it's ele- 11 lifts yeah. plus alignment rack. See? Yeah. So I got, yeah. You've got a shop, bro. I, and I, bruh. And, yeah. Bruh, bruh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I don't know where uh, that came also, from. Also, uh, tree hugger. Yeah. Needs some tree suspension hug- work as Dude, well. So 1.0. I love that truck. And I talk a lot about 1.0 and how much I love it. And for the folks who are just joining us, it's a 2010 Forerunner Trail Edition. It's the original. Trail truck and for Fort's Toyota and and I've taken it all over the country. It's been to California twice. It's been out east a couple times. Been mm. down south countless times. North uh, hasn't been to Canada, but it's been up in northern Michigan. I mean, it's it's been all over the it's place. It's been everywhere, man. Yeah. But seven years ago, when we were first experimenting with upper control arms, we put Total Chaos upper control arms on it. And if you're not familiar with Total Chaos, it's a uh, just a ball joint setup, but it's exposed. There's no cap. Now, most of the newer companies, whether it's Icon, their Delta Joint, or JBA, and their covered caps with greasable Zerks, the total chaos was wide open. And, and chaos made their, what do they say, they, uh, what, how do you say, they made made their way or bit bit their teeth. How do you say that? Cut their teeth. Cut their teeth. There you go. In desert racing. Uh, like Baja type stuff? Yeah. So I think the, you know, the open ball design, if you're in the sand and it's dry, no problem. You're just driving it. You're just throwing the dirt out of there. Nothing's sticking or caking. But every time that I take Tree Hugger out, I'm getting mud in there and black Illinois dirt or mm. red red dirt from the south. That stuff never comes out. It's brutal on it, it. Yeah. So I keep spraying grease in there. But this thing sounds like a jalopy. I mean, it sounds like the worst Jeep you've <laughs> ever heard going, you know, every time Squeaks I eat, and rattles. Oh, yeah. Even the parking lot, you know. It, at Kroger, it sounds hideous. So I get people looking at me like, you going to make it? That's <laughs> yeah, fine. I used to see guys uh, put urethane bushings in all their front end on uh, you know performance cars. Yeah. Same thing. It would squeak and creak. And you know, they sold all this grease, uh, lanolin, I guess. You'd have to grease up Ooh, the stuff. Oh, lanolin. Yeah, and they said it would, it would it would eliminate that. But I, I, it was a Mustang guy for a while. And, and I remember that was the thing. I don't want urethane bushings because it's just going to sound like a mm-hmm. a broken jalopy all the time. Is some of and that, there's, and there's special grease you got to use on a lot of those. So when we do upper control arms, 
on some of these. Yeah, there's a special grease you have to use. You can't just use regular mm. uh, machine grease because it, it'll break down the urethane bushings and everything. So, what are you thinking of putting on Tree Hugger? For well, I don't know. Actually, I was never a fan of Rough Country. Because we used to call Rough Country like the great value lift. Yeah, I've but, heard that. I've heard people say but that. But they have a, a forged upper control arm right now with a sealed ball joint. It's Pretty a, nice. And it's like 350 bucks. It's a nice setup. I mean, those Total Chaos arms I put on that truck were six ninety nine, I think, when they were new. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and at the time when Total Chaos was selling those, there was probably only two games in town. I mean, that was them and... For that platform? And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And now... There's 50, not 50, that's probably exaggerating, but there's probably a solid 8 to 10 companies you could find an upper control arm. So, um. At least you have options. That's good. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm going to do. Um, I mean, we're going into the fall. Tree Hugger 2.0, which was crushed. It was in an accident. Got T-boned. It's at Copar and Pekin. We're watching to see what happens with it. I'm not trying to give anybody a hint to go look at that car. But we had talked about buying that back and bring it back to the store and like pillaging it. Mm-hmm. I've been watching some cars on Copar. I think it could be six or eight months. I don't know what the, really? the the turn is on these things, but cars will sit there. And I don't know if it's a matter of getting the check. Getting the, they may have to get the title because oh, they, they want a clean transaction. And the way to still state of Illinois is run right now, maybe that is three or four months. It could be the holdup is Secretary of State's office. Yeah. But so, how does that work though? Can you go in? Is it like an insurance auction? Yeah, do you so just go it's the, bid on it. And- yeah, if you go to Copart or I think it's Copart dot com, Daryl Cars of the Week will be a whole new facet <laughs> to you. I, I mean, I sent some links to Copart to you and Gabe this last week. Yeah, I think it was a Tacoma that was like for for free right now from the the Peak and Copart. But it was just wrecked in front of a 1997 Tacoma that just the front end had been pushed in. A little, a little kiss in the bumper. So get a dealer's license and buy it for 50 bucks, right? That's, I mean, that's so, literally. Th- but that's the deal with them, though, right? You have to have a dealer's license. Yes, to absolutely. Bid. Just okay. like any auto auction, you have to have a dealer's license. What about Which, the one in Clinton? Is Clinton, that Illinois. is that still an auction? I don't even it know. It is. It's. I, I thought that was all like, uh, oh, what do you call it? Like U.S. Marshals, drug seizures, oh, stuff like that. That'd be awesome too. But I don't so. know if there's a website for that. I'll, ch- I'll check it. it. It is open. That one I think is still open to the public, but there, it's weird. It's well, kinda... and so when it's open to the public, in, invariably it's going to be a retail number on almost everything, right? Maybe. So this the Copart one, I I think there's some deals to be had there, and I think if you were a picker, if you were somebody who would haul somebody something back to your barn, like my barn, mm-hmm. and just to strip a vehicle down, yeah, you could, could probably make a living doing that, literally. It's not so a bad idea. That's my, that's my retirement income. That's I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to get a dealer's license for $1,000 a year, and I'm just going to go to Copart, and I'm going to buy blowed-out cars. I'm literally going to strip out eh, some wheels and tires, some window motors and regulators sure. and some glass, yeah. and then put all that in my barn, and then just take the rest of the car and hock it over at Jay Miller and uh, get the scrap get value scrap. out of it. Yeah, Sell your cats. Sell your catalytic converters yeah. for some cash. Oh, yeah, I never thought about the cats, too. Yeah, dude, that right there, that might be worth the bid. So, Thanks, Daryl. Hey, this is a great idea. This is our next business venture. So <laughs> we'll be we'll be multi-dollionaires before you know it. <laughs> right. All right. That's so. I don't really have any projects. Things what I'm getting to. So you got something else going on? You found a C clip. I did. I finally found the missing. Well, I didn't find the missing one, but I found a replacement C clip for the uh, the axle actual retaining clip for the like 47 Chevy. authentic packaging. Except that here's the thing. I paid 25 bucks for this thing. For the, any any replacement, they don't reproduce them for the car, the 47 Chevy. They reproduce them for trucks, so not the, cars. So the, the, this is for the fleet line, right? It's for the fleet line. And, and last episode, 
you you sprung it, yeah, and it shot across the shop floor or something. You don't know where it went. I have no idea. I might have thrown it out in a, in a box D- or doing the drum brakes. Yeah, doing the uh, brakes and axle seals and bearings in the rear end. Um, and so, yeah, I was really kind of really majorly bummed out that I lost this thing because I thought... You weren't bummed. You were pissed. I was pissed. <laughs> I thought I could just find another one. No. I ordered different replacement ones from GM that, you know, the part and the group number matched, but they're too thick, don't fit. I was thinking of even having those machined. Finally found one on a place called Olds Obsolete, Oldsmobile Obsolete, out in, like, Montana. It's one of those weird places where you're like, is this a real website? Am I? Is this some yeah. scam? <laughs> I just send my credit card information to Russia. Yeah. I probably did. But 25 bucks, and it had it in the, yeah, the original GM, like, wax paper envelope with the part number and everything. It was great. Well, I finally got it, and it fits. Hallelujah. Took the axle out, made sure it, you know, it clips on there just fine. Fits in the little side gear just fine. Life is good. But I was so pissed because I spent 25 bucks for this stupid thing, and I didn't get the original GM parts envelope. I like to save that and display that stuff. Oh, that's what it looked like on the display. Okay, yeah. so so that was so, the listing. Oh, the listing showed it, but then you got just the clip. I just got the clip. Oh, that's and terrible. And sealed like a what do you call those? Where you flavor saver, or like the seal the bags you seal themselves. Oh yeah, yeah. So so, so the guy's having it, is that in his freezer for a while? I don't know. <laughs> my hunch, my hunch is that that part probably came in pairs, and he probably just sold one. Out of the out of the envelope and kept the other envelope. Rock, can I have the one the package? <sighs> so pissed. So I might just give him a <laughs> negative review. Uh, but bottom line is, I should have that car back together. I just need a weekend. We got a wedding and some other stuff going on the next couple weekends. So I just need two days to kind of finish the rest of the thing, put it back together, and then I will have a running, driving forty-seven Chevy once again. Um, and then the only other things I got, I'm still waiting on the call from the radiator shop. The guys recoring the radiator for uh, our 55 Plymouth, so that's still out. You spent a premium on that. I'm going to, if it ever gets done. Um, and then I actually met up with an old Chevy Club friend of mine from the Vintage Chevrolet Club of America. And a uh, guy who used to go to tours, you know, tours at meets and things like that. He's a, he's a great dude. He's got a 60 Impala, 62 Impala, a couple others. But I got to finally tour his garage. He had a garage that he designed and built like a couple years ago. And I'd never seen. I've seen pictures of it, but he lives up in northern Illinois. I got to see it, and it's one of those that uh, it's super, super deep. You can fit probably four cars in it, but it also has what, what I want in my garage, which is an upstairs storage, like a like an attic oh, area. What would you do with that? Oh my god! But it was great because he had like so a, your garage is is a decent size, but is it just open rafters and nothing? No, no space. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's my garage is t- um, what is it thirty. I don't even remember the dimensions, like 30 by, 30 by 50 or something. No, it's a good size building, but okay. it's, and I can fit four cars in there, but it's only a barely eight foot ceiling and it's okay. a hip roof. So I don't really have much attic space. Okay. And what was nice is going up there. It's like, Oh, here's all your old parts. Here's this. Here's a, you know, another separate workbench for just your electrical stuff. And I was getting all these ideas. Like, <laughs> do I knock my garage down and build up? Do I do it? Dude, <sighs> you would never leave that house. I would no. And that's what, that's what I thought. I said to him, I said, you know what? And it was finished, drywalled, insulated, heated, everything. Yeah. And uh, I said, you know what? I would rent your house out and live upstairs. And he's like, no. <laughs> you can't have room you, for your stuff. You, you can leave now. Yeah, he's like, why don't you leave? Um, <laughs> but that's what just, it kind of got my gears turning where I, I, I see a nice garage design where you actually have not only room to work, but then you have storage. That's my biggest thing is all these spare parts, all these projects, things I drag home. You know, I'm still garbage picking stuff. Be like, oh, I'm going to fix this mower and sell it. You know, well, and then it's sitting in a corner of the garage for two years. That's stupid. I need to stop doing that. 
Anyways. I will tell you this. Forts has lots of storage upstairs. Lots of storage yeah. over there, uh-huh. over there, over there. It gets filled with crap. <laughs> it gets... never, ever gets touched. <laughs> hey, that core. We're going to keep that core. We're going to steal some parts off of that. It's it's noble. It's a noble gesture. It's a good idea. Yeah, but we should just get rid of the stuff. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Ted, yeah, but you know what the thing is? 20 years from now, that Tacoma core? Yeah. Eh, probably is <laughs> worth it, so I don't know. It's just, you know, it's just like anything like we talk about with classic cars or even whether it's baseball cards or comic books or Hot Wheels cars. Mm. There is a cost to storing something for so long. And if you have the free yeah. space, that's fine. You know, you'll be like, oh, I made, I, I turned over my money threefold. But yeah, but you had to maintain it and store it. So what was the cost of that? Now, if it's a car, it's a lot more than a baseball card. Right. But even a baseball card, you had to keep in a certain condition and everything, right? So if you want it to be worth anything. Yeah. And we've all seen things that have, you see this in the old car hobby a lot, suffered from bad storage. <laughs> you'll see a convertible or something that tops all moth, you know, moth eaten and the yeah. interior is garbage. Suffered from bad storage. Well, that's just key for someone tucked it somewhere and didn't care about it. And left it. Yeah. And then we also see cars like uh, split window Corvettes or Grand National that still has the plastic on the seats. It was in climate controlled storage, almost like in a bubble for 30 years. And you're just like, why? And that car should just say never enjoyed. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why is because that'll go up on a Barrett Jackson in a couple of years for you know three hundred thousand dollars or something crazy. So, but it, like you said, they're not having fun with it. Exactly, not like you, Daryl. You're having so much fun, you don't even know what to do with yourself. I got fun coming out of my ears, brother. <laughs> Speaking of fun, there's a couple new fun uh, vehicles out there okay, with so, no top. Yeah. So you and I, this was uh, our, our task. We were given a homework assignment on mm-hmm. the last show. I said to you, Daryl. I said. I think that I can get a Bronco for cheaper than a Wrangler right now from the, from the pricing. Cause I think for 28.5, I could get a base Bronco. Yeah. We're and talking I, strictly base. Yeah. Strictly just a, base. So a base two door. And so, so our assignments were, Daryl, to, to build a vehicle, a spec vehicle from the websites respectively. I, t- I chose the Ford. You chose the Jeep mm-hmm. and we were going to build vehicles and we were compare and see how we ended up. Yeah. yeah. Not to say this vehicle is actually available because as I built it, I realized that I put myself on a waiting list for a base model and for probably 20, never. 2022, <laughs> Never, ever get it, right? Maybe. Although there are starting, just full disclosure here, in central Illinois at least, there's several local dealerships that have started to get these in on the, the lots. Now, I, don't, I think they're holding them as kind of a, what do you call it, not a halo car, but like to draw people in. Well, I think you have to, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and so working at a, a new car dealership, I can tell you, Toyota like when the Venza came out or when uh, any the RAV4 came out, every new model, they always send them out like loaded. They'll send them as a platinum, mm-hmm. limited version. They don't send you a base model on the first gen. And I, I, I think they probably know that there's so much markup in those, those high model ones and there's so much pent-up demand at first. Well, let's just roll the dealers out with the biggest ones. And if somebody's out there waiting for the bargain model one, they can wait for like two or three allocations later. And then when the factory is like wound down and, and in a rhythm, then we'll make these basic models, right? Sure. No, that makes sense. But I think these that are coming in um, are by and large kind of the, on the cheaper side of things. They're not the... Oh, you think? Yeah. the At least the one, I think there's one in Uftring. There's another in, um, I think Eureka might have one. There, there's a couple. There's a handful floating around. But I, I haven't seen like the four-door... Platinum Edition or whatever. There's like three or four different levels of these things too. Yeah, the there, are, goes. there are. So we'll get to this, but yeah. for our intents, for our research purposes, yes. this we is, chose this, base. And this would be an ideal situation where we could be doing the show live and you could be watching and seeing pictures of, of the model I chose. But 
Daryl, I found a 2021 Bronco. I went to Ford.com and I built this sucker up and I'm going to go through the pricing and the logic yeah, here. So and some specs. It's a base model. It's a, it's a two door. Now that was part of the deal on this. If I'm going to buy a fun off-roader, I'm not buying the four by four with the four doors. And I, and you're doing the same thing with the Wrangler. We're just going with the two door little sport job. I got velocity blue. Did not charge me any extra for the no paint color. Extras. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I'm getting the 16 inch polished steel wheels. They're silver, but they are steel wheels. And I thought to myself, well, you know what? These tires come with a 16 inch 255 7016, uh, all season tire. I might want something a little more aggressive. As soon as I clicked on that, Ford said, eh, 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 eh. Sasquatch package. Oh. It okay. changes everything? It did. It changed everything. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So I'll leave that with the steel wheels. Okay. So I get the hard top. It automatically comes with a sound deadening material. So it's going to be quieter than the Wrangler. I'm sure of that. Yeah, that's easy. It has a cloth interior. Uh, I did, I did pony up an extra $195 on mine because I thought that I should have overhead console map lights. I mean, that's just one of those things. I mean, it seemed that Candy. Me, I, I was shocked that it was an option, but I, I and it didn't require a, a big major package upgrade. But I, I, I sprung for that. I also sprung for the hundred and sixty dollar floor mats, okay, or floor liners as they're called. It did come with some free storage bags in the first row. Oh, how about no, that? No charge, and it did come with a sync system with a six speaker audio for free and Sirius XM. Now this is where it gets a little tricky. There's two engine choices in the Bronco. Okay. And if I go with a 2.3 liter, which comes with my stock four-cylinder, uh, that's fine. I can get it with a stick shift. I can get it with a seven-speed manual transmission. Seven-speed. That's I, yeah, is that I the first and only you've heard of a seven-speed? Yeah, actually, it is. I it's was trying. I, I was trying to figure out how that gear shift would work. But maybe there's a if I go hard left and up, I get the reverse, and the rest is all forward gears. I don't know what goes maybe on. Maybe one's that. a crawler. Maybe one's Ooh, a dog leg possibly. crawler. Yeah, or something. yeah, maybe. So I thought to myself, like, well. 2.3 Echo Boost engine, that's fine, but maybe I want to upgrade a little bit. No. Uh-uh. Sasquatch package. Can't do it? Can't do it. And as a matter of fact, if you want this manual transmission, you're not doing anything but this 2.3 liter engine. Really? Yeah. So I'm like, eh. Okay. Okay, okay whatever. It does come with 4x4 as part of the package, and that's with a part-time selectable engagement. And it okay. comes with the 4.6 gears. Locking diffs. All right, I'm going to click on that, but I'm going to do the rear locker. I'm just going to see what happens. Uh, 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 Sasquatch package. <laughs> now, wait a second. If I do the Sasquatch package, I got to get an automatic, and and I get the lockers, and and I get the bigger engine, but I'm not getting the true off-roader, you know. No the thanks. experience you're looking for in that vehicle. No, I don't think so. So, anyway, so I go back. I go back to what, I, you know, originally the way everything's set up here. I'm not doing the Sasquatch package. I'm doing the smaller tires. doing the steel wheels. I'm not doing any of this. And I'm sticking with my stripped-down Betty. <laughs> I didn't even get the upgrade sound system because I'm pretty sure that was Sasquatch package. Probably. Yeah. I'm, I'm springing for the 195 for the console lights. I'm springing for the 160 for the uh, floor mats. My total price with delivery charge, Daryl, mm-hmm. is $30,995. Okay. So from what they're advertising is the base was what, 28 something? Yeah. But the delivery change? charge was like 1495 or something. The delivery charge was obscene. Where are they making them? <laughs> Dearborn, or are they like, uh, I think they're in Australia or something. Because that's about what it, that's about what it costs to send something to Australia. As I found out recently. Yeah, yeah. When you were just shipping some very light <laughs> items, not a four by four. Yeah, interesting. That's that seems pretty high for me. Usually, those are what six to eight hundred dollars. That's what I thought. Yeah, and even uh, even more than like six seven hundred dollars. People are like, "What's this?" Yeah, you know, you start questioning that on the sticker. It's a, it's a Bronco, folks. Sorry. Yeah. 
It's a better. It's better. Got it. Got it. It was wheeled here over terrain. <laughs> it was a rough terrain. Well, it's because you didn't get the Sasquatch. It, it was harder to get there. That's true. Because okay, so th- about thirty, give or take thirty-one yeah. round up there. That's not too bad for something that you, I'd say you get a lot of enjoyment out of. This would be a fun vehicle. There's not much else you can touch for thirty grand that would be in the same kind of ballpark. Uh, I don't think right out the gate. Do you? Except, except maybe a Wrangler. Except maybe a Wrangler. So let's take a stroll on over to the Jeep store. So Daryl chose a Wrangler. What color did you get? I did. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, sticking with the base theme, the only color that they don't charge an ups charge for of $245, <laughs> might I add, is white. Oh, seriously. So if you want, a, and they start, of course, I think the Wrangler bases is like, like twenty eight nine or something like that, but... Uh, as I found out with taxes and everything else, you're really, you're at 30 before you even click anything. And I did not click anything on here. I actually walked through all the selections and I did, I even, I even got the one without air conditioning just to keep the price. Yeah, because Daimler, not Daimler, I'm, not I'm getting air conditioning. I do, I didn't double check this and I can double check, but I don't know. You might be able to get a credit or delete it, but probably not because Ford's usually pretty smart about that. Jeep. For some reason, and uh, a lot of the Stellantis vehicles, you can still get without air conditioning in this day and age, which is really sad. Well, the soft top never lent itself to holding good air conditioning anyway, right? Not really, but I'm just I'm a spoiled, dumb American. Uh, I, I could see an export market. It's like if you're is that, driving, yeah, is that like the David Bowie song, "Dumb American"? <laughs> Afraid of Americans? No. Is that who was Young that? Amer- I mean, dumb American. Oh, dumb Americans. <laughs> no. So you can actually take this thing in the export market. I can see if you're running around. Um, I don't know, like Alaska or somewhere in, you know, Greenland. Maybe you wouldn't need air conditioning. Greenland. But whatever. Anyway, so I picked out a 2021 Jeep Wrangler Sport two-door. It's got the soft top. The hard top is an extra option. So, yay. Uh, bright white tan cloth interior, low back buckets. Nice looking interior. I think the, the last couple Rangers, uh, Rangers, Wranglers have actually uh, improved in terms of fit and finish and their overall look and feel. This thing is actually powered by because I wanted the six-speed manual, uh, it's powered by the the 3.6 liter 24 valve variable valve time V6, and this actually is a pretty happy, decent little motor. However, they did have an option for a turbo four-cylinder. I think it was like a two-liter, two-point something liter. When I checked it, it says minus one thousand dollars. I'm thinking, oh great, I get a thousand dollar credit. Yeah. When you click and check that. It automatically takes the six speed out, puts an eight speed automatic in, oh. and then charges you for the up <laughs> charge for the automatic. Oops. So your actual, your credit of a thousand dollars is really offset by the additional cost of the automatic. Okay. Stupid. Why even bother? Anyways, um, 3.6 is also available with a, with an automatic, but I thought the six speed would be great. The gear ratio in this thing, it's four by four. Uh, limited slip is an option. It's not much. It's like, I think three or four hundred bucks. Probably worth getting. Yeah. Um, but this baby is equipped with uh, 345 gears in it. And it comes with steel wheels. They actually do look like a painted uh, alloy, but they're steel. Uh, 17 by 7.5 inch wide rims, and its rolling stock is all season tires, 245, 75, 17s. Uh, as far as infotainment, we're looking at the Chrysler Uconnect Series 3, which, yeah, yeah it's okay. 5-inch uh, display. 5-inch display, that's... uh. It's tiny. It is, yeah, that is small. It's like a cell phone turned sideways. It's like, it's like going back to like the first gen forerunners, this navigations. They were terrible in the mid 2000s. Couldn't see anything. Third gen, sorry. Or fourth yeah. gen, yeah. Yeah, it's so like a doubled in size. 
which is funny because if you look at some of the other offerings that that uh, Stellantis has, like the, the Ram trucks, they've got like a 17-inch tall screen. So yeah. It looks like a laptop. Anyways, um, yeah, I thought the, the color choices were weird. The no AC thing, $1,200 if you want air conditioning. Uh, that's It's an a la carte thing. It doesn't make you... I, I will say this. They don't have a whole lot of option packages. Uh, it's mostly a la carte, which is kind of how I like to build. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was a little frustrating when I tried to... Uh, I, I thought maybe a Turbo 4 would be fun and something like that. But in all honesty, I think that the, the V6 is a better option. So I got more cylinders than you. And I also am spending roughly six hundred dollars less than you total but, price on with my deli- bill. Is delivery in there? Um, it didn't list all that out. It I'm, just it just basically spat out the number and then like find you to your local dealer. Um, I don't know thirty thousand three hundred ninety five dollars was my out the door price, but I think that's probably missing some stuff. And I just verified because we have this super fast internet at Arena Esports here in Morton. We do. Uh, Mine comes with air conditioning standard. Damn it. No matter what. So is it worth $600 savings? Now, now here's the one thing I'll say. All in all, we got some pretty, I think pretty equivalent vehicles. I think they're both going to be fun vehicles. But ultimately, when I'm on the trail and I'm having some fun, the Jeep, I could take that soft top and mm-hmm. I can roll that soft top back. I have yet to see the situation when I want to pull the roof off this Ford Bronco. What am I dealing with? Do I have to have two people? Do I have to have three people? You know, to yank this thing off. And then is somebody going to casually hold this for me while I'm cruising around and, you know, and then come back? Hi, uh, I'm just going to be in Moab for the next two days. Yeah, Can you yeah. just, I leave this here in your driveway. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Does it have a soft top option though? I don't, not that I've seen. No, I think it's a, it's a color, it's a black, I'm black wondering hard if top. Yeah, okay. And I, and I imagine there'll be accessory people making bikini tops, stuff oh, like sure. that. Yeah, sure. I've seen the the pre-production videos I've seen of stuff, so I, it's hard to see what's real uh, in real life. So maybe one of our next experiments would be to go to an actual Ford dealer and see one of these in the flesh. Right. But I don't know. So so do you feel, out of those two choices, do you still feel the Bronco is kind of the better of those two? I'm actually shocked at, at how cheap the Wrangler is. I was too. Yeah. Um, I thought that the... I thought that at the 28.5 that the Bronco would be a steal. Mm-hmm. But I think that really you could buy a cheap, cheap Wrangler for under 30,000, but it, it's tough. Uh, the air conditioning thing is huge, really, when you think about it. It is. Yeah. And so how many of these could you actually buy without air conditioning? It's hard to say. I, I think if you're in that market and you're looking for a fun car, then I think the Wrangler is always going to win. But I also think that, that, that that Ford, if you could get your hands on that $28,000 Ford and sit on it for a year, I think you could probably make five or ten grand on that thing. I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. I don't think you're ever going to make that money on a Wrangler. Probably not, except I will, I will throw this out here. They're starting to come out with some really cool additions of this thing. And if you walk through the entire lineup, you can go from something that's about $30,000 all the way up to the Rubicon 392. That's that six. I think it's a 6.4 liter Hemi. Makes pretty decent power. I don't remember what the what the uh, the power numbers are on that thing, mm-hmm. but it's 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 definitely more powerful than the little V6 that's in there. Seventy three thousand seven hundred forty five dollars is what that one lists priced for, and that's a lot of cabbage. But it's also giant honking Hemi V8. Tons of fun, and you can actually probably get into some trouble with it. I don't know. Maybe in the <laughs> not maybe not necessarily on the trail, although it is a Rubicon, so that you do get the. Got a hammy. Yeah, yeah, you'll get some of that. But then you also get 
you know, you get the nice suspension, the bigger skid plates, and that cool graphic on your hood that says Rubicon, which just looks pretty cool. <laughs> I, don't know. I just like that. Well, and I have to wonder sometimes about resale value. When, you, when you're dealing with that bigger engine, mm-hmm. I, you wonder if people are, like, seeking that one out later on. I would think so, because I don't think they're going to be that much. The percentage of Wranglers that are going to come with that, it's probably going to be, like, 1% of all that are made, if that. Um, but they also have things like the Islander. You remember the Sahara from years ago? Yeah. I like the little themes that they have. We, we actually have a 89 Sahara we're renovating right now in the shop. Do you really? Oh yeah. The, the top is like trash because it's just, it's faded. The uh, tire cover that says Sahara on the back. So, uh, to me, and there's a little bit of rust around the hinges. There's a lot of things about the Jeep you can tell just don't lend themselves to longevity. Sure. And, uh, and again, the hard top on the Bronco, maybe that will lend itself to a longer lifespan. Yeah, it's not going to rust out the tub. But the that Sahara, it was in that olive drab color. God, man, I, I it's a stick shift because fortunately, uh, the owner of my store believes stick shifts are sacred, like I do. Good. Uh, I I pulled that into the uh, delivery bay the other day after we've been working on it, and uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm not a Jeep guy. I'm not a Ford guy, Chevy guy, Mercedes guy, but I could see myself with this stick shift Jeep. Mm-hmm. I could see myself owning one because it's. It's just a purpose-built vehicle, right? They are. They are. And they've got more creature comforts now, although, you know, you pay for air conditioning. Yeah. But but that 89 has nothing. I mean, it's, it's, it's like got that singled-in, terrible radio slot, you know. Mm-hmm. It probably has a little handle you, like, pull up, and you could, like, pull the radio out. <laughs> Take it with you. Now, the, but, but the, the fact of the matter is that, that there's, these vehicles still exist today, and one, a brand new offering has entered the field again. And I think people's, but the buzz around this, the Bronco, and and the the constant love affair for the Wrangler. Let's face it, Jeep people. I mean, they love Jeeps. They yep. they get a Jeep and then they stick with it. Uh, it's not something that's uh, kind of a flash in the pan. Jeeps are always going to be around. I think the Wrangler, in one way, shape, or form, is going to be around. The Bronco, hopefully, that sticks around. I would love to see some other competition, as we've said years. We'll see. You know, I think uh, I, we talked about this at a lunch meeting the other day with some Toyota reps. I'm sure, and actually, one of them probably listens to the show. I don't think Toyota, and they said you could be surprised, but I don't, I, I know how Toyota operates and I know how pragmatic they are. I know how methodical and slow moving they are. I don't believe that they're going to do anything. I think they're going to watch the launch of the Ford. And even if they said, Oh, that's an amazing success. I think they're going to be like, nah, we're going to keep worrying, worrying about our core. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think it's going to affect them. I, I'd be. If if they got flippant and did something, it only because Akio Toyota decided he wanted to to compete. That guy has an ego stroke sometimes, and I love that. Sure. I, lo- I love knowing that there's somebody at the helm who gets pissed and wants to do stuff because it makes him happy. Well, they take risks. Yeah. That's what's nice, and that's, I give Ford all the props in the world for taking risks. Uh, years ago, you would see automakers come out with a, an interesting car now and then, like the Ford GT when they rebooted that and they rebooted it again. Um, you know, Chevy came out with like the SSR. That's a goofy, weird niche vehicle. Yeah. But the fact that they did it means that somebody up top was like, yeah, screw it. Why not? And yeah. that's what's happening with the Bronco. Yeah. I, I would love to see some of these on the roads and I, I, not necessarily a competition. I think the more types of vehicles like this that families can get out, take road trips in, uh, enjoy just taking something like that out for a drive. That's one more group of people that's experiencing why why automobiles are are still just they're they're so much fun. It's not yeah. just something to go from point A to point B. 
Yeah. No, I, I, you're preaching the choir, my friend. Preaching right, the choir. So when do you get yours? <laughs> I told Angela, I said, let's just go down, put a thousand dollar deposit on it. Yeah. And yeah. then, and we'll just sit on, and we'll get it someday, maybe, and then just flip it. I mean, that's all you can do. Or you could go buy a Wrangler right now, right in your own home. And, and I know stories of people who bought Wranglers and drove them for a year or two. And right now, they're getting their money right back out of them. Yeah. I would not trust that once gas reaches $5 a gallon that that's going to necessarily be the case. So, uh, I'll just, I'll just watch. I'll you just I'll, sit back on the I'll sidelines. Sit, you know, I, I like being <laughs> safe, Daryl. That's been like my life story. Be safe. It's good. It's all right. Hey. There's a segment we haven't heard in a long time. Remember this one? Twism. Twism. This week in social media. It's a great acronym. Yeah. Now, normally, uh, Twism has been about some unsavory behavior at Cars and Coffee or something like that. But uh, <laughs> it's, we've been well behaved this year. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we just haven't really elaborated on any of it because we've been trying to kiss Chris Ruby's butt and it never paid off, did it? Um <laughs> Anyway, just kidding, Chris. Yeah, love you, buddy. The best of luck down in, uh, he's not in Tulsa. I was going to say Oklahoma. He's down in, uh, Tempe, Arizona. I don't know. He moved somewhere nice. Yeah. The, the founder of the Peoria Cars and Coffee scene has left the building, but we got some other great people running the show. Anyway, this week in social media, this week, Daryl focuses on a subject that I know nothing about, but you probably watched this video maybe twice. If I had to guess, did you see it all over social media over the last couple of weeks? No. The, the 3D printed carburetor? No, I did not. Are you kidding me? No, this is the first I've heard. Yes. According to Smarter Every Day, which is a YouTube channel, it's not even according to them. I, I looked it up. There's been 5.4 million people have watched this video of a 3D printed carburetor. Daryl, right now, I, I, because of our fast internet yeah, at Arena Esports, yeah. I can see that Daryl is copying and pasting this into a, uh, into a YouTube channel to, to watch and see what's going on. Anyway. The, the video, this it, it, is an amazing accomplishment, really. This is, is when you get marry science with technology, and you kind of make it fun. They do a great job presenting what a carburetor is. I wondered how many people actually watch this and go, oh, yeah, look at that. It's almost the equivalent of the rotary engine diagram you see a lot of. But again, 5.4 million people. I found it on uh, Drive, and I, it's been on every other automotive site, and I think it made it on my Instagram feed at some point. So check that out. We'll put a link in the... Uh, in the feet, in the story, sorry. Yeah, and it actually, it's really neat to see stuff like this. I always love the mechanical videos where things are explained. Things that normal people don't appreciate, I would say. A carburetor or, you know, a cylinder head or anything, you know, something that does a job and people are just like, yeah, whatever, it's no big deal. Yeah. And then they, it, it makes people, when they see how things work, it makes them appreciate the engineering behind it and also why it costs so much when they break. <laughs> You know, what do you mean? I need yeah, to replace yeah. this because it's broke. Well, I can't believe that's the way they used to do it. Yeah, because it was all mechanical, fool. That's why. So. <laughs> that's right. Sorry. <laughs> all right. You ready to move on to the next segment here? All right. We look at some headlines it's here. It's time for the news. Daryl picked up a couple international stories here. What do you got, Daryl? I did. Um, something popped into my feed from Jalopnik, which I have mixed feelings about. <laughs> um, but I wanted to highlight this one because I thought it was another uh, player in the game that we haven't heard too much from as far as the move to EVs. Mercedes-Benz says that they're going to say goodbye to internal combustion engines again by 2030. Uh, Mercedes can't stop talking about EVs. It already said it has a fast-tracking uh, of an EV development program earlier this month. They announced that. Uh, but also the company has attached a dollar figure to that commitment. They said that will be $47 billion invested in EVs by, at Mercedes-Benz uh, in this decade. 
And that announcement came out earlier this uh, last week. Mercedes will make eight fully electric cars on three continents in the coming year. It's flanking their new EQS model with models including the compact EQA. And they uh, plan to unveil the electric version of the best-selling E-Class sedan at the Munich Auto Show in September. E-Class is, of course, the kind of the universal mid-size yeah. Mercedes yeah, all over true. the world. So that says something. Um, is it radical? Does it change the game? Not really. It's just another big player in it. And uh, I don't think it could be ignored. And, and it's the first time we're really hearing a lot about EVs well, from Mercedes. Well, and they've they flat out committed. I mean, they're they're a world brand, so they're everywhere. Right. And that for them to say 2030, we're, we're not... Basically, they're not going to build any more internal combustion platform. That's pretty crazy. The 47 billion number is always like arbitrary. It's always like, you know, when somebody says it's as big as three Empire State buildings, something like that, I'm like, I can't imagine. I mean, yeah. I know you're, I know you're saying that so I can imagine it, but 47 billion dollars, I don't even really know what that means. So, you know, somebody said, we're spending 25 trillion dollars. I'd be like, oh, that's bigger than 47 billion. Yeah. And, but I don't know the difference between a trillion and a billion. I mean, I know it's a lot, but does it matter? Just, just say, we're spending a lot of money over the next decade, right? <laughs> we're spending a boatload of schnitzel. I don't know, whatever, I don't know, reference you That's want to use. That's racist. It is, it's German. <laughs> um, speaking of things from other, other countries. Yeah, yeah, I see, I see something that looks like Bork in a picture that I don't think is related to this article. I think you just, I think you found a Volvo article that looked, like your car. Well, that's actually uh, my friend Ben's car taken okay. in my driveway. But yeah, uh, same thing. 69145 station wagon there. But Volvo, long uh, known for having nomenclature such as the the series. So if you have a 240, well, you really have a 244 if it's Ooh. a sedan or a 242 if it's a coupe or 245. They're now going to drop alphanumerics from their model <gasps> names. Don't. How dare forbid. They? How dare they? They're actually going to come up with real car names. Ooh. So models, they haven't said which ones. I can only imagine what this is going to happen. I mean, <laughs> but I, I'm look. We should have. We should go to IKEA, mm-hmm. and then we should just dream up car names. Just crazy names. Yeah, Flugenbergen. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever is Swedes call it. <laughs> or racism from Daryl. Oh my God! How is that racist? So insensitive. Yeah, social justice warrior over here. Volvo's <laughs> alphanumeric naming system is familiar, straightforward but tilted towards the unimaginative side of the scale, according to Autoblog. Firm will start from scratch in the coming years. It plans to give its future models an actual name. And it highlights the uh, company's boss, Hakan Samuelson, basically says, like, with the verge of electric, the electric cars coming out of the scene, it's time to rebrand everything. So Volvo's not going to use the numbers anymore, but they're not the only ones. You know, can you think of the other cars, automakers that do that? You've got the BMW. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. The 3 okay. Series, yeah, the 325. Uh, Mercedes. Mercedes sure. would, yeah. you know, uh, it, you'd have the, the, I guess, the letter, and then you'd have the numbers that would follow that yeah. usually would determine. Mazda, what, Mazda, for a while there, back in the mm-hmm. uh, 90s, it was all numbers. 323, 929. 626. Yeah. So, I don't know. Wasn't there an Eddie Murphy skit that was like, Hocken, Hock, Hocken. Remember that? <laughs> I remember coming to America like the barbershop. Yeah, no, just anyway. The Hock, I bet the Hocken makes it as a model name. Maybe. The Hocken. It'll be an SUV, I think. You have to come up with some new <laughs> Swedish names for, for, for vehicles. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Uh, I don't particularly, as a Volvo 144 owner, I don't feel any, uh, you know, there's no love lost there. But it's also weird. I just think car names today are just getting. They're pretty bad. I mean, yeah. a lot of times they just like take a city yeah. to Tucson. Yeah, because everybody in Tucson be driving that model, and even even Toyota was an early one too with the Tacoma, you know. Right, it's, it's rough and tough. But when you go to Tacoma nowadays, you're like, 
Really? It's, it's is this, like a Trader this Joe's. Yeah, is this what we <laughs> name a truck after? Give me a break. You know, <laughs> show me where your Whole Foods is. I mean, I mean, really, if I'm if I'm gonna make like a, a new utility van, I, I would call it like the Bartonville or something like that. <laughs> Actually, that sounds pleasant. <laughs> exactly. it sounds very it's pleasant. Got, you know, it's durable. It's tough. It, it's no nonsense. It's yeah. from Bartonville. You know, the Chrysler Scranton. No, I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. it's just a Chevy, Chevy Pekin. What would the Chevy Pekin look like? Uh, I should probably move to the next segment. All right. <laughs> Before we get into trouble. All right. National news. General Motors is suing its competitor, Ford Motor Company, for violating a trademark on driver assisted technology that's used for its hand free features, according to a lawsuit. The automaker is taking a action to protect its, the Cruise and the Super Cruise brands after Ford in April renamed its Copilot 360 automated driving system as Blue Cruise. Do you ever heard of any of these things? No. Yeah, GM said in a court document filed Friday that they, they're in talks to resolve the issue, and they've been unsuccessful. Unsuccessful. That's according to Bloomberg. I've heard of Blue's Clues, not <laughs> Blue's Cruise. Oh, no, that's not that. That's not, that. Didn't Blue make a noise like that all the time? I don't know. Yeah, that's we, we the guy just, with a dog. Was it a cartoon dog and a so guy in a So they went from shirt? Copilot 360, which is a terrible name. I think. I it mean, sounds old. Is, it sounds oh, dated. Yeah, are we like an aviation thing? Is this a Pan Am plane or what? <laughs> <laughs> Copilot 360. Yeah. Why don't they call it the Copilot 2000? You know? It sounds so cutting hey, edge. Hey, Ford, good move on getting rid of that one, but the blue cruise. Well, I mean, and they own the blue oval. I mean. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The blue waffle cruise. That's what they could have called it or something like that, right? Who knows? Anyway. All right. The next story is from the Detroit Press Bureau. It's about Lordstown Motors. Have you heard much about Lordstown Motors? Um, yes, I have, only because the uh, Chevy Cavalier was made at Lordstown, Ohio, and oh. I got to tour that plant, so well, I'm a nerd. For much of the past six months, the news out of Lordstown has been bad until today. The electric pickup company named after that town has revealed it secured $400 million in new funding from a hedge fund. You've heard of hedge funds, right? That's, oh, yeah. That's always good money. Always. New Jersey-based Yorkville Advisors Global LP, who knows who those guys are, through its YA2PN LTD fund, not only agreed to infuse $400 million into the much-maligned EV maker, but it also agreed not to engage in any short sales of the stock, nor will it hedge its shares. That said, it can sell the stock in the next three years under certain conditions. So Lordstown Motors makes a truck. Yeah. It's an EV truck. But I mean, we're, I mean we're we've talked about Nikola, we mm-hmm. talked about Rivian in the pre-show. Uh, of course, Tesla's making the Cybertruck. And the CEO or whatever the guy who runs Lordstown Motors has been on. He's he's made some rounds early on with press coverage and things. It looks very much like the Rivian, doesn't it? Very much so. But I don't know if you knew this or not. The leader of the light truck, uh, they're looking for new new ownership here. Oh. Uh, anyway, oh. let me. This is according to Motor One. This came out on June fourteenth. Uh, more teasings and renderings and test prototypes of the production vehicle, and it's possibly safe. They've come out. And it's probably safe to say that the Lordstown Motors is not delivering on the promises it made a few years ago. And the company's <laughs> latest press release had even included a bold claim that Lordstown is the leader in electric light-duty trucks focused on a commercial fleet. The automaker just announced changes to its executive management with Steve Bruns and Julio Rodriguez resigning as the roles of chief executive officer and chief financial financial officer respectively the two changes are effective immediately lordstown says it has been approached by an executive search team and then will find permanent replacements for the two executives that's as of june 14th this so there's company's on of, this company's on the ropes yeah yeah but there must be something promising there if they're getting a cash infusion of 400 million dollars well there they, must be because remember early on that was 
all the news from Rivian was all the investors, all the investors. Then all the then but we they start had seeing Bezos. Well, yeah, they did have some. They had Bezos. I mean, I, I've never heard of the uh, the Ya Two PN Ltd fund from York. No, Yorkville no. Advisors Global LP. I mean, I don't know. That's not Bernie Madoff stuff we're talking about here. Of course not. Yeah, I don't know. There was also some negative stuff going on. Um, I think back in the spring there were some, I don't know, some allegations of malfeasance. Uh, from, that was Nicola, from, wasn't it? I mean, a lot of was these. It them? Com- a lot of, and this is the one thing I'll say about Rivian. I don't have a whole lot of opinion about Rivian. I mean, like I said, I, I wish them great, great success. Sure, but there hasn't been a lot of scandal there, like these other companies. Nicola has had nothing but turmoil. That's their, true. Their CEO has been just knocked out. The, this Lordstown Motor disaster. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, R.J. Scringe and the Rivian company never any. Like squeaky wheels or just no. troubles we hear about from that place at all. No, and they're actually hiring people with real jobs, real money, real everything. The Lordstown thing, I really do want to see that succeed. It, very similar to the Rivian thing. They they took an old factory. It was an old GM town for many, many years. I think the plant went up in the late 60s. And it really is, uh, I don't want to say an economically depressed part of Ohio, but it, it, it needs some help. And that's what the the people of that area had done for years. They worked in factories and uh, produced things. And it was great to see that come to town and, and bring some of those jobs back. I really want them to succeed because they don't need no, folks they, in that region. No, they need to. I mean, yeah. again, just like Rivian, we wish them yeah. all the success in the world because yeah. really the success of the company really boils down to the success of the community. So, 100%. Yeah, we hope so. Yep. All right, I'm going to skip this next one and go right down to this Mitsubishi article. When was the last time we did a Mitsubishi article? Are they even still making stuff? I didn't even know it. Rebounding Mitsubishi swings back into profitability on a hot new Outlander. Do you know that, Daryl? No. Yeah, they bounced back into profitability in the last quarter, and it lifted its full-year guidance to better sales outlook as business picks up in the U.S. The redesigned Outlander crossover fueled the U.S. sales surge, while the global microchip shortage had positive side effect on its crimping. For, had, How does that had, work? Had the positive side effect on its crimping. For, see, I, I'm thinking I read that wrong, but I read it the way the article was written. This is from Automotive News. It helped Mitsubishi clear inventories. So that's probably what happened here. Mitsubishi normally can't sell ice to an Eskimo. And, uh, well, actually that should be hard anyway, but, uh, <laughs> you're, you're a good salesman. You can do that. I think that's what I've always been taught. There's so something I, about ketchup popsicles or something. Yeah, I don't too, know. That was a bad analogy. White gloves. Anyway. I don't Uh, <laughs> you can't sell so, ice water in hell. That's, that's, like, <laughs> that's that too. So basically what people couldn't find what they needed and so elsewhere in Mitsubishi so is like, these. Hey, we've got this thing. It's got wheels and a seat. Uh, I guess I'll take it. Hey, Hey, they're on, they're on a Ford Explorers. They got some Outlanders over here. Uh, All right. That's kind of what I'm getting from this article. Give me one of those. Anyway, God bless you, Mitsubishi. Keep up the good work. They need a, they, they need some help. They're like the wingman or the, uh, you know, the, uh. They're the Shasta Cola of the automotive yeah. world. They're the ones that you don't see it until it's on sale and you're like, ah, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll buy a 24 pack for a dollar. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's not the, good. Yeah, it's like a mercy kill. Anyway, <laughs> it's true. We got local news, Daryl. What do you we got do. here? We I actually do. listened to the Peoria City Council meeting last night, so I'm gonna. Where they I, talked I, about some of this? Yeah, they or? did. So go ahead. Yeah. So we have uh, here in Peoria, beautiful central Illinois, uh, an old Rust Belt city. We've got a problem in a lot, largely the um, uh, the south end of Peoria, but also throughout the the, the whole city, <laughs> the Midwest, where people are dumping tires. 
and we've got vacant lots, brownfields, things like that. I mean, heck, I even had somebody throw a tire uh, in close to the ravine where I live. Yeah, next you have to a my waterway house. next to your house. Yeah, and we came home from a weekend a couple couple months ago, and somebody just threw a bald. I mean, it was a gross bald passenger car tire, and so I picked it up and took it to the to the recycling place. But the um, the story is from WCBU Radio. And it says disposal audits could deflate Peoria's used tire dumping problem. And they're talking about how the city of Peoria and specifically the, uh, the first district councilwoman, uh, who is in the, the south end of Peoria are talking about is this ways. Denise Jackson? Uh, it's Denise Jackson. Yeah. They're talking about ways to clean, clean things up and to actually, uh, move a step closer to deflating the cause of Peoria's tire buildup. Community Development Director Ross Black says at least some of the tires can be traced back to tire dealers and repair shops. Although without a licensing requirement, there's no way to correctly audit these businesses. The new requirements, which are already state laws here in Illinois, would de- include detailed business records and the use of licensed tire disposal companies. So in other words, I don't think this is the, the you know, the, the tires plus or the dealerships or things like that that are, that are doing everything right because they're doing what they need to. They've got EPA rules. They've got all kinds of things. They're state laws, yeah. State laws. This is more along the lines of, you know, Bob's, you know, tackle and bait shop and use tires. I think it's kind of those situations where um, they're disposing of tires illegally without having to actually pay somebody to come and get them, right? You can probably shed some light on this. How do you guys deal with that? See, I'm really confused by it because uh, I listen to the city council meeting. I I listen to some of those every once in a while because, you know, I love local politics. I like Taking a hammer to my head, uh, <laughs> but but one of the points that was that was beat around was the fact that nothing that they're doing in this Peoria law or this the, what they want to do is is any different than what the Illinois law does already. You know, the Illinois law requires we charge a disposal fee and we document the DOT numbers incoming and outgoing of the tires, and we store them in protected containers. And we have receipts for all those pickup and deliveries of the of the old tires. So, so if somebody comes in, gets a set of tires at your dealership. They got the old tires on the car. What do you end up doing? You have to do all that for each tire. Yes, you take and off. there's a website you have to go to with the state of Illinois. Wow. So, so everybody should be doing this anyway. Now, okay. My thought process is we have somebody who's just a tire rack dealer, which a lot of you know tire rack will have like approved installers. Right. So you go buy your tires online. You take them to let's say you know Beachler Service Station. Yeah. And then they have a tire, and, and anybody can have a tire machine anymore. A tire machine's not that expensive. And, and honestly, people can still do tires by hand. So there might be some guy in Peoria still doing tires by hand. But, I mean, I, I think this is, I don't know if this is looking past things, if it's like, if it's just oversight on purpose. I mean, people know if there's somebody doing tires at a place. Yeah. So I can tell you this. When the EPA inspector came to our store a couple of years ago, he came into my store, he looked at our tire con- containment area for our used tires he looked for all the receipts for you know uh, picking up tires he looked for uh, the fees that we charge on all the repair orders i mean there are people out there yeah they're looking for stuff like this i mean he was ready to charge us just for having some tires laying outside out back with water in them no because of the mosquitoes and stuff exactly so if there's businesses in peoria that are changing tires and nobody knows give me a break now the one thing i'll say about this Denise Jackson, she's in District 1, as I was saying? Correct. That, that, that's a poor district in Peoria. It and, is. and Andre Allen is also another guy. He was, he was in the Peoria City Council. He's also from, he might be in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, he's a young guy, and I think he came in, you know, full of piss and vinegar, saying, you know, we're gonna vit vim and vigor, whatever you want to say it, um, to try and clean things up and try and simplify things, and let's, let's, 
let's not throw more laws and stuff on people. But even he admitted during city council, he's like, you know, I didn't realize what a problem this was until it's brought up. And then he start, you start realizing as a young politician that there's just, there's just stuff that has to be legislated because people aren't taking care of themselves. So I don't know if it's the right answer, but if everybody's doing everything right by the state of Illinois, this wouldn't even be an issue. Yeah, they, they have done some other things, and I've taken several tires here. They have a once-a-month tire collection. And it's part of this group, this community initiative, and I think the city is part of it as well. Why can't they just do it, just curbside tires? That's what, that's the thing that bothers me. You have to, so if I have, as anybody's got old cars, sometimes you got a tire laying around. I usually keep a spare tire in the house, in the garage, in the house, <laughs> right, right next to my bed, so I yeah. sleep in that. No, I keep a used tire in the garage for when I have to haul a motor or something like that, sitting in the bed of the truck. You don't want stuff to move around. It's great to put a transmission, something heavy in, and it's a good cushion. And I just like having it around. I don't need more than one. If I have some other vehicle that, you know, I need to swap a tire or replace a spare that's been in the trunk of a 50s car, I'm not going to trust that thing. So I'm going to take that off. I'm always going to pay to get rid of it. But if I wound up having to take that thing in, you can do that. I think it's once a month they do it in Peoria, and it's up to 10 tires per resident for free. Um, but they fill and they run, they fill up that trailer like in the first hour that oh, they dude, do our, bo- those. our box trailer fills up instantly. So it's incredible. So I'm like, what, if there's a need here, just like recycling, yeah. if there's a need, why don't we start doing that curbside or have a place where you can drop it off for a nominal fee? You know, a buck. People aren't going to pay more it's, than it's a buck. five. I mean, the state's charging five. For is that what it is? Yeah. So, and that's what we have to collect. I don't know, man, because <laughs> we could, everybody has to play by the same rules, right? And this is going to get down to my, into my uh, grinding of the gears section here mm-hmm. coming up. I mean, is it fair that some people can get away in, in a small business, a mom pop, you know, to not do it and just and use the free collection? You know, then the, why are we doing everything legally at yeah. our shop? You, you know? have to have a level playing field. Exactly. I don't know. There's no no good answer, but I'm glad at least the city's addressing it because just random pollution like that just drives me nuts. Sucks. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, are you ready for this? Let's do it. Is that right. time? It's time for your. This is a, a precursor warning to anybody who might have a hearing impairment. Your moment of Musk. Oh. Hey, there was a stock call for the Q2 earnings at Tesla here this last week. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware of it or not. No, I wasn't. So there's a, a website called Business Insider. Fact check, Business Insider. I don't know what they actually do at Business Insider. If you go to businessinsider.com and look, you might find something about Bruce Jenner or whatever he's called nowadays. You might find something about Elon Musk. You might find something about business. But anyway, this was a great article. They had their 12 favorite quotes from the Q2 call. I'm only going to give you one. This okay. was this was the best quote as far as I was concerned. And this is Elon talking about how autonomous cars will uh, save the future, but what he did is he referenced the past. You used to have elevator operators with a big switch to move between the floors, but they would get tired or maybe drunk or distracted, and every now and again somebody would get sheared off halfway between the floors. That's kind of the situation we have with cars. Autonomy will soon be so safe that it will be unsafe to manually operate your car. Relatively speaking, it would be quite alarming if elevators today were operated by a person with a giant switch. That's how it will be with cars. And that is your moment of Musk. Oh, don't get caught between the floors. So I have a relative that was a... uh, Drunk? Well, (laughs) that's neither here nor there, but uh, an elevator operator. Oh, was he drunk? 
Uh, she was not. Who says that, by the way? By the way, uh, has there been <laughs> lots of elevator massacres at, at the hands of drunk operators historically in this? I mean, it seems like a Keystone Cops episode. Why would you even say, I mean. Dude, we're reaching. Yeah, we're reaching yeah. so far. How many? People are going to be like, you know, I got an autonomous car because it's just like, it's just like those elevator operators in the 1930s. They were all drunk and killing people. <laughs> right. They're oh, reckless. That's a sound argument. I'm going to get an autonomous car. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, yeah, please many, tell me about your uncle. How many people? Now it was a it was a great. I guess what she be? It's like my great grandfather's was it, was it sister. No, this is she's the Block and Cool building in Peoria. Oh, so the uh, the one that is getting all redone right now. So she was an elevator operator there for like forty five years or something like that. She had a little clicker, like little castanets, Ooh. and she'd click off like when Ooh. the cars would fill yeah. off, and like it was weird. But uh, yeah, I just thought, when did we have a giant ration of? A rash, rather, of drunk and disorderly <laughs> elevator accidents. It just, I don't think I've ever heard of that. I can't imagine the, the stock investors in that call. And he did <laughs> announce at the end of that call that he won't be doing any more of these calls unless there's something pertinent for him to announce. That's, That's probably, probably, yeah, probably what, a good thing. That's what I'm thinking, too. Did somebody advise him? Like, Maybe. Hey, hey. hey Elon. Hey, why don't you worry about space? You keep working on the space <laughs> thing. We'll talk about cars. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be in Mars in a couple months? Oh, man, it's so good. Weirdo. Yeah, they get tired or maybe drunk or distracted. That's, yeah. I yeah. can see tired. I'll give them tired. Yeah, yeah. Drunk and distracted? What are they What are they distracting? Maybe they were smoking reefer and they had reefer madness. <laughs> Shirley MacLaine in the, uh, the, uh, the apartment. That's how Jack Lemmon meets her. She's an elevator operator. Well, now, I just watched the apartment here last year. I don't remember that part. This is the beginning. No. What it, floor, sir? Whatever. Yeah. Did you remember that? Yeah. No, I just remember being drunk as an apartment. Well, there's and, and that was a, just a total codependent mess. <laughs> maybe this is maybe this is all because he watched the apartment on Turner be. Classic Movies. <laughs> He's like, oh, we don't need that. We don't need no Shirley MacLaine driving around. Yeah, here. exactly. Can you tell my fortune? Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> okay. so right. besides getting worked up about this sort of thing. What else is sticking in your craw Okay, lately? so we haven't done grinding of the gears in a while. And it's because one of our listeners recently told me, he's like, well, the pre-show is basically grinding of the gears now. You don't do it on the regular show. And I'm like, oh, oh is that how it's going to be? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I had a couple grinding of the gears. I just put them out there. Uh, today was, today I got hit with one. It wasn't even, it made the list just because I got stuck in this conversation. Uh, do you keep a list at your desk, by the way, of things that piss you off? <laughs> No. Okay. Just, it just naturally happens, Daryl. You know, we we have the doc. I just go right to the doc and just type it in. Real you know quick. what? I'm gonna write this down. Yeah. So a guy, uh, guy, uh, two days ago, we had to inform his wife that the AC condenser was not covered on his car because it was damaged. It leaked out all the freon in his 2020 Highlander. Well, that's the expensive freon. That stuff's like 125 dollars a pound. It's the YFA oh, or whatever that stuff yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, and gave him a quote of like $1,400 for a condenser. So he called me back today. He goes, well, I got the lifetime warranty. I'm like, that's great. Lifetime warranty is for any defects. And by the way, your car's under three or 36. Toyota would cover this. It doesn't even matter about your lifetime warranty you got. You well, know, it's just war- got, got an accident or got hit or something? Well, something hit it. I mean, and well, we haven't hit anything. My wife hadn't hit anything. I'm like, that's fine, but something probably hopped down the road, a rock or who knows what, maybe hit a bird. Cracked it, punctured it. Yeah. There was... There was Freon all over the front of the condenser. Something had punctured it. Okay. I could get a magnifying glass out, and I could look for it. It wasn't a manufactured defect because the car had 18,000 miles on it. It didn't just spontaneously explode in a spot. And I take that back. It could happen. But, and I, but and I, I'm that. using my vast experience here. And yeah. if, it were, if it were a coverable expense, I'd cover it. It doesn't matter to me. 
but I can't take the risk of Twitter saying that $1,400 claim you just took care of. Right. We're not paying you for it. So, um, so then the guy says, well, you know what I'm going to do? Cancel my lifetime warranty. I'm like, okay, well, I don't handle that and I'll get you to the finance manager. But just so you know, you could call your insurance agent. You might have a small deductible for comprehensive because this is, you know, road hazard type claim. Maybe you hit mm-hmm. something. Why don't you call them? Nope. Just cancel my warranty. Again, sir. I don't cancel your warranty, but I'll get you. And I don't know if you just I'm the got, service manager. Can I help you with something? So it kind of worked because what happened was the finance manager got the call from the guy. I forwarded it over to him. So the finance manager runs in my office. Hey, this guy wants to cancel his warranty. Isn't there anything you can do for him? I'm like, no, there's nothing I can do for him. And I, and so that guy's mojo, you know, was, was working because he was, he was threatening to cancel warranty, which sure. obviously the finance manager doesn't want to cancel because, you know, they, they get paid on that too. So sure. if it comes back, it comes out of his pocket. But anyway. It is what it is, and people don't seem, seem to understand that manufacturer's warranties, extended warranties, cover defects. Mm-hmm. They don't cover damage. So right. anyway, that's that's been a grinding in my gear for 20 years, and today it happened again. Well, let me ask you this, not to prolong your uh, your agony here, but has the aftermarket warranty business gotten crazy? Because it seems like you can buy, you know, House warranties, yeah. uh, warranties for cars. Shoot, Ice T and Chris Berman are sell. It was a Car Shield. That's the one. That's. that's I spent forty minutes on a phone call with them a while back. I, I, how does that work? Are people coming in with anything maintenance wise? Like, oh, I just uh, I got. Dude, a I can't imagine living in the city. I, I you know, we live in Central Illinois. Mm-hmm. I, I like to think people in Central Illinois are like common sense, practical, yeah, salt of the earth, <laughs> yeah. smart. If I lived in the city and I had to deal with morons all day, uh, and, and I don't work at a, uh, I work, you know, at an import dealer. I, I like to think those people, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be, no, you're being elitist, to be, but that's I'm fine. not trying to be like you elitist, like you were, you know, anyway. Right. right. Uh, but no, if, if somebody's driving a cheap Hyundai or a Chevy or something like that and they buy a warranty like that, they're right. They think it covers everything. Well, I, my oil changes are covered. I got the extended warranty. Yeah. I've heard that before, yeah. you know. No, I'm sorry. It's a warranty manufacturer defect. You need wiper inserts. I got a warranty. Seriously. No. Just no. pay the money. Yeah. Right. Anyway. It's or don't own a vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> don't buy a house. Ride the bus. Right. If we're going to get back to a theme, right? Yeah. Anyway. The other grinding of the year was, uh, I had this one again the other day. And, and this is the quote. You understand. I mean, hey, Eric, love coming to your service, but you understand. I had to save a little money. So I went somewhere else, had that job done. I'm to the point now in my life where just, you know, don't lie to my face. You know, if you're going somewhere else, get cheaper repairs and then come here for oil changes. Um, I had a guy the other day who got really upset with me. He's like, oh, I can get that TRD lift kit with the grill and everything for $250 cheaper online. That's fine. I'm not putting it on your truck. I'm not, I'm not going to do it for a regular price of wood for regular customers who bought the part through us. And, uh, this is, this is where I'm at anymore. If you enjoy our location, mm-hmm. you enjoy our facility and you enjoy the fact that our people have been there for 10 or 15 years, Mm-hmm. Then pay for it, or just go somewhere else, because it it doesn't bother me in the least, and I'm not getting upset about it. No, it's not but, worth it. But don't get upset with me when I won't do the price you want, right? Just because you save money somewhere else, you know, that's fine. We have a conscious decision. If we have to, we have to compensate our people and pay for our facility. Have a nice day, but then don't get pissed. Yeah. Go, what do you mean? What do you mean you won't do it? Well, I'm, there's I'm, your option. <laughs> exactly. I said no, and. <laughs> Then you can make a decision whether you want to pony up or not. I I struggle with this too sometimes. You know, the, the older I get, you know, I'm a little 
more, you know, we're my wife and I are better off than we were 20 years ago. Aren't we all? But I think I back hope to, most people are. Yeah, I hope so. But I think back to my early 20s where I didn't have a pot to pit, to, you know, what in. And it was, it was always difficult. Anytime I needed to have a major repair done on a vehicle or something that I couldn't do myself, it was like, uh, I'm at the mercy of whatever. And I just, it, I felt so, I don't know, just vulnerable, crummy, whatever. But then you also learn to do things like, I don't know, take out a credit card or budget, budget your repairs, save up for what you need to. Or if you decide you don't want to go that route, you'd try to do it yourself. And then you realize why it does cost a lot of money. Cause some of this, I don't want to put a timing, timing belt on a car in a parking lot in an apartment building. No, take it to the dealer, have them do it, put a payment plan out there on a credit card or something. Yeah. I mean, there's ways to go about, there's ways to go about adulting. Even some of my technicians, there's one of my technicians back in the day, I've worked with him for 25 years. He would go to like his friend's garage and he'd do a time belt for him, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, my, my, my daughter's car needs a time belt on her 95 camera. You come over and do a time belt for him. He'd be like, yeah, I'll come over this weekend and do it. The last time he called like a year ago, mm-hmm. Kenny's like, I'm not coming. Just no. come bring it to the store. I'll do it in the shop at my tool bench, but I'm not leaning over your car in your garage yeah. while you stand there and drink beer and think that this is just, you know, get paying me with a six pack is enough. Yeah. I'm, exactly. done, I'm not at that point in my life anymore, right? Your time is worth and your, your knowledge. Yeah. There's that meme that was going around a couple months ago. It was like, why does this cost this much? It's like, well, yeah, the parts are this, but it took me 20 years to know how to do it. Yeah. And, you know, that's what you're paying for. Same thing with a shop where you said, where you have institutional knowledge, you got technicians that know how to do the job the right way. Yeah. And it's not like a Jiffy Loop. You know, I, the days of me going to a Jiffy Loop or Walmart for anything like that, way over. Well, and, and yeah, that's the other note. I thank you for pointing that out. We can make it like Jiffy Lube. We can bring in people who yeah. don't, don't know your name, uh-huh. don't care who you are. And as a matter of fact, they're going to soak every penny out of you every time you come in because guess what? They probably won't be there in six months. Exactly. They're going to get paid today, and they could give a crap less, right? Yep. And that's just that's not how we run the store. So don't don't give me this. Well, I had to go get it done somewhere else because they're cheaper. All you, right. You understand. And there's a couple. I know it's coming. It is what it is. But uh, and it's a universal. I'm not changing the world tonight, Daryl. I'll tell you that. But, I know. Uh, but I. But believe me, folks. When you say that to me, when you come in and you say you understand. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, so 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 you'll understand my reply. <laughs> What's the Samuel L. Jackson the line in uh, <laughs> Pulp Fiction? Oh, you were finished. Where she he ices the guy. Yeah. Oh, you you were finished. Oh, well, allow me to retort. <laughs> the retort. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're uh, the final segment of the show. Cars of the week. Oh man, we've been so busy, and I think. I just think I got a whiff that maybe Daryl might be trying to buy something, so I'm praying to God that happens because I think the last time uh, we did an episode, we did a little fact check, and Eric is up on the, the Scott Auto Museum yeah. of North Peoria right yeah. now by one unit, so if you gained another unit, we'd be equal. <laughs> anyway, Cars of the Week is where Daryl and I dream about cars. Like I said, sometimes it's a little too real and the dream becomes reality, uh, but right now, I have been on Facebook and I've been perusing. I, I tell you what, Daryl. I was I was looking for Lotus and I found I found some Ooh, I found yeah. some really cool Lotus and and what did I do Lodi there was there was a, a Lodi yeah oh god stuck in a Lodi again um, I took the computer and I and I flipped over a 1970s Lotus and I can't remember what it was it had like a a canopy that popped up like a Batmobile oh do you know which one this was 
Um, it was yellow. The and, Europa. Is it, it like a square, like a wedge? It was a wedge, Like yeah. a flat kind of, yeah. yeah I think it, it's the Europa. And it had some horrible 70s wheels on it. And I took that and I'm like, this car is cool. I was like, it was like $10,000. I flipped the computer over and I showed my wife. And she said, no way in hell would she be caught dead in that thing. I'm like, oh, it's too bad. It's fair. And then I wonder how much those hydraulic struts would cost to raise and lower that canopy. That'd be a nightmare. So in the meantime, I started doing some other perusing, and I came across what I think, Daryl, could possibly be the biggest bargain on the internet right now. All right, let's hear it. Yes. If you go on Facebook Marketplace and you look in the 230 SLK Roadsters, that's a a Mercedes-Benz model. It was the little compressor that came out. In 1999 is when I found here, uh, I found a 2.3 liter with a four-cylinder supercharged, mm. five-speed rear-wheel drive. Now, according to the uh, Carfax, it's clean. It's a California car with no rust. Convertible top doesn't work. It's got that hard top that flips back and uh, forth. Like three pieces or something? Yeah. 185,000 miles, $2,900. Now, this is just an example of a car I found. I think it's down in Springfield, Illinois. I started searching SLKs, uh-huh. and I, I think these are sexy little cars. Now, I didn't realize they were that old from the 1990s. I thought they were newer. But you can find these cars in a four-cylinder with an automatic 5G all day long. Yeah. And I thought, man, that's pretty good. Now, I have some <laughs> I have some mechanical knowledge, so I do realize if there's any turbo problems, well, that's probably expensive. And that roof, I mean, I... My son and I probably can't take that roof apart and probably figure that thing out, so that's probably expensive. Yeah, just it, just take it off. Yeah, and it's if, fine. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about that. Yeah, you don't need a top. If it's a convertible, yeah. just take it off. And if it has a check engine light or a wheel speed sensor, I probably don't want to think about those things either. But for <laughs> the most part, a five-speed four-cylinder like this little car, I mean, and it's tiny. Yeah, they're they, little two-seaters. They're 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 really neat neat cars. A friend of ours has one of these, yeah. and they are. I mean, they're loaded, but I've never seen one with a five-speed. That has to be super rare. Well, there was a lot of automatics online. There was no doubt. But, yeah. uh, but man, I tell you what. Oh, this one's in Rockford, actually. Okay. I, I tell you what. Virtually, I put myself in an SLK this week. I was all about it. I was cruising Fiori in my SLK. And I like the silver. In my mind. It's, it's, it's very <laughs> understated. It's very, it's very you. Well, that was kind of the, the generic color from 1999, by the way. They did have a yellow and a red and a black. Yeah. Our friends yeah. is red. Yeah. And it's... It's cool. It has a feature called an air scarf. Ooh. That's what they call it. It basically blows hot air in your neck while your top's down so you don't get cold. <laughs> I wish I was making this up. This is a real thing. <laughs> but that's the thing you get with a Mercedes where if you buy a, I'm, I'm looking at what are other two-seaters that are out there, like a Miata. Yeah. Okay. Miatas are fun, but so is this. You get so much more creature comforts. Yeah. Dude, yeah. this would be an autocross car too if you it, get the roof ripped off it. Yes. Oh it would. my God! And I think the um, headrests have little integrated roll bars. In they them. do. They so, do. Yeah. You know, you're set up for the track. All right. All right. I'm sold. All right. So my wife, pick it up. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 uh, <laughs> I'll uh, put in a requisition and see what the uh, office manager says. Uh, <laughs> Got to check with management. Yeah. Exactly. See, see what management says. Well, that's but, a wonderful choice. Thank you, Daryl. What do you got here? Because it is completely different than mine, as usual. Yeah. Radically different. Um, it's it's a giant hideous. First of all, this thing just popped up in my Facebook feed the other day on Marketplace when I was scrolling for other stuff. Our marketplaces are completely different. Yeah, by the way. we're looking we're two different wavelengths. But uh, this is a 1959 Lincoln Continental Mark IV, and that's uh, for for those who keep track at home. It's not that what I call the JFK era Lincoln, where it's like the the, the 61 restyle, where they're kind of clean and modern suicide doors. Um, these are actually the 
kind of the biggest, bulkiest, weirdest looking Lincolns that ever were made. And they were designed by a guy named Elwood Engel, and they were just bizarre. They looked like something from from a '50s sci-fi movie dropped to Earth, <laughs> and then stretched out and put you know leather seats in it. But this guy here is in um, Farmington, Illinois, not too far from us, and the asking price is seven thousand dollars. That's nice. Yeah, car. it's not too bad. It doesn't run, so you know there's that. <laughs> But it's, it looks like somebody's grandpa's car, and because you see a bunch of other stuff. It's in the more garage. complete than your other car. It doesn't run. It is. It is. It actually has, uh, you know, white walls and stuff. But um, a fifty-six thousand original mile car, black car with a kind of a gray cloth and vinyl, maybe even leather insert interior, and has a giant four thirty engine in it. Uh, they ran this thing. You could get that in the Thunderbird. It was in um, Lincoln's of this era. It's a huge torquey motor. I think stock, it almost makes 500 foot-pounds of torque or something like that. It's it, or pound-feet, whatever it is. Um, they're weird. The, the the headlights, as you can see, they're kind of angled vertically. Yeah. The back has these like weird jet afterburner-like taillights and this like polished aluminum panel. There, it, It's just gorgeous. You look at this car, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a 50s car, totally. Um and it also remains one of the largest unibody cars ever built. A lot of these things were banned from demolition wow. derbies. So you actually, uh, these and the Imperials, I think after f- like 59 or whatever, uh, they were all unibody cars. And they're built like tanks. Um, I think it'd be a lot of fun to have. I think it'd be fun to get running again, go cruise. But I also know there's a lot of vacuum-powered accessories in this car. I think yeah. the door locks, yeah. the trunk lock, there's that, all kinds of stuff. And that's what like steers people away from old Benzes, like 60s Benzes, all the yes. vacuums. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Uh, it seemed because, like a great idea at the time, right? Yeah, you're like, oh, it's free power. You can power all your accessories. Well, then when you have a vacuum leak and... <laughs> 20 Nothing. miles of hoses throughout the car. You're like, well, how do I chase this? <laughs> well, you got to rip the whole interior out yeah. and ah, forget it. Uh, but anyways, seven grand, I think it'd be a nice addition to the fleet, but I also have way too many projects that don't Could, run. Couldn't this guy have made an extra couple thousand dollars if he just pushed it out of this garage? You don't like it being parked on, is that a dead carcass? What is, something has died under <laughs> them. We, <laughs> I'm just looking at this and photo. Then, in front of, I don't know what that is in front of the car. I mean, is that oil splotches or something? Is, that, is there insulation that some rodent is drug under the vehicle there? I don't know. Clearly, it's parked on a dead chicken. Yeah. The other indicator that this car has been there quite a while is the, uh, I think it's two generations ago, Illinois plates on the front. Yeah. The old yeah. blue, like, 80s plates. Yeah. So, just, yeah. Just push it out in the driveway, for God's <laughs> sakes. Make it look like it's driven somewhere, and then... Well, of course, it might take four guys to push it. I was going to say, yeah, it's probably a 6,000 pound The car. wheels are probably seized in place. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if it doesn't run, probably got a whole bunch of issues, but at the same time, where are you going to find another one, Eric? Where are you going to find another one? No, I'm not. I'm, uh, maybe uh, not in Peoria, but I might find one in Rockford. You never know. Possibly. It's a cool car. Uh, it's much cooler than mine, really, in reality. Not really. But I think I could drive mine every day and, and curse it as it puked oil and, <laughs> and check engine light made it start. <laughs> <laughs> the orange glow of yeah, the uh, yeah. check engine light would keep you warm at winter. Yeah, right. And the uh, 1999 Benz would be like, premium fuel only, or I'm going to rattle like a dog. Mm-hmm. All kinds of... Yeah, be great. Yeah. Anyway. All right, you win. You win this round, Daryl Scott. Right. To be continued. Um, thanks to everybody for listening. For, for I know it's been... Uh, it's been an interesting mix these last couple of shows. We're kind of all over the place, and I hope you enjoyed the the Bronco. There's been a lot of buzz about the, the the Bronco, and we're trying to capitalize on some of that because it is a really neat vehicle. I don't know if either when was one the last of us... time we had a new car that was just so wildly out there. This is 
This is like one of the best releases in a while, as far as I'm concerned. It is, until they come back out with the Edsel. That won't happen. And we'll probably dedicate, knowing throwing wrenches, we'll probably dedicate a show to the Edsel. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but the good news is, it ain't going to happen. All mm-hmm. right. So you've reached the end of another throwing episode, throwing wrenches episode. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors. Thanks again to Arena Esports for letting us do the show here on the fast Wi-Fi so we could just do lightning fast research on the fly. Can't beat that. I hope you note the difference, folks. In the meantime, uh, we'll catch you at info at throwingwrenches.com. You can hit us up there with any messages, uh, words of praise, encouragement, or just threats. You can do that there, too. Uh, you can also follow us on oh. Facebook. And there was no reviews this week, so uh, throw some reviews out there, get a sticker, and get mentioned on the show. All right. Did I sound enough like your dad? Yeah. It, was, right. it, was, it was a gentle was scold. It st- was, was it stern? All right. Just remember to do your chores. I'm, I'm stern because I love you. That's right. It's All tough right. love. So for Throwing Wrenches, this is Eric Stahl. I'm Daryl Scott. I love you. <laughs>